12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. It's Money FM 89.3, and joining me today on the show is Jason Dacey, ABC journalist and former host of the Weekend Morning Show, right here on Money FM. Jason, great to have you back on. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. Always a pleasure to talk to you about things happening in my homeland of Australia. And the last time we spoke, you know, you told me about the vaccines arriving in Australia for the first time. It was a Singapore Airlines flight. Uh, What's the latest surrounding the vaccine since then? Well, the rollout is underway. Only about 42,000 Australians have received a a vaccine so far and 13,500 of them are in aged care facilities. The plan is to vaccinate all Australians, 25 million people, by the end of October. And to help that, the Australian Defence Force will distribute the vaccines at aged care homes, which obviously is a high priority. But there have been a few um, mix-ups and slip-ups along the way. Got reports last week that an 84-year-old man and a 94-year-old woman in Queensland, where I'm coming to you from, received four times the Pfizer dose, which, of course, uh, is not healthy at all. Uh, The doctor who gave them this dose hadn't done proper training. So there are hiccups along the way. But we have heard that the AstraZeneca from Oxford University, which is actually being manufactured here in Australia, that'll be rolled out soon. So along with the Pfizer vaccine, Australians are in pretty good shape to kind of keep going with their strong response to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Four doses, that's a a ridiculous load of a vaccine for any individual, regardless of age. Uh, Let's just hope that, you know, things ease up and we can see a successful vaccine rollout. Something else that has caught my eye, and I know we talked about it just, you know, off air, is Melissa Caddick, you know, described as Australia's greatest con woman. Her foot actually washed up on shore last week. And, you know, she may have misappropriated between $25 million and $40 million, with one victim entrusting her with $5 million. What's happening with her? Well, Adrian, this is one of the big mysteries of Australia. Melissa Caddick, as you pointed out, uh, Australia's biggest con woman, 49 years of age. She was a financial planner. She used to take people's money and invest it. She disappeared last November, and she was living in Sydney in a posh area called Dover Heights near Bondi uh, Beach, which many Singaporeans would know. She went for a dawn jog and then wasn't seen since. And there was all sorts of speculation about what had happened to her. Her 38-year-old husband had uh, obviously reported a missing after about 24 hours. Just last week, we saw her foot connected to a shoe washing up on a beach 500 kilometers south of Sydney on the far south coast on the way to Melbourne. And now they're trying to work out what this means, whether it was suicide, whether it was murder, whether she you know, maybe jumped off the gap, which is a famous suicide spot uh, not far from where she was living at Dover Heights, whether she did that and the currents took all the way south or whether perhaps she had fled and headed to the south coast of New South Wales and something happened there, whether she was you know, murdered or whether she took her own life down there. As I speak, the police are actually combing the area near her house there at the harbour side area of Sydney Harbour around Dover Heights. So they're looking for any kind of clue now that they've found the foot. But uh, in the south coast of uh, New South Wales, the only question was it didn't seem to be properly decomposed for a foot that had been floating for all those months. So that's the question. And, and so they're trying to work out what's happening exactly with her disappearance. This amazing mystery, Melissa Caddick, the 49-year-old personal finance 
expert, if you like, who swindled people out of up to 40 million Australian dollars. It is a mystery, as you've pointed out. And you know, I can only picture it being on you know, 60 Minutes or something like that in a few years from now. And uh, uh, we can look back on it and, wow, what a great con woman. But also, the mystery surrounding her death just gets more interesting by the day. Another thing, Jason, that I want to talk to you about is the Olympics. When, in fact, last year, the Tokyo Olympics were postponed. We're hoping it goes ahead this year. But in 2032, Queensland is leading the race to host the Olympics. How do you feel about this? Well, this is really exciting news that uh, broke last week. Brisbane and Southeast Queensland, given preferred status by the International Olympic Committee to host the Summer Games of 2032. We've got Paris uh, coming up after Tokyo in 2024 and Los Angeles in 2028. But this is really exciting news because it means potentially that just um, 32 years after the Sydney 2000 Olympics, Australia could be hosting another Olympic Games. And this would be quite unique. It wouldn't just be Brisbane, where I'm coming to you from, would also include the Gold Coast. It would include the Sunshine Coast. It would include, you know, the scenic rim and some of the scenic areas outside the Brisbane metropolitan area. But uh, Brisbane and Queensland very much at the front of the queue now. Uh, there was talk of, you know, Budapest and uh, a couple of other cities uh, bidding as well, either, either in uh, city in Germany and there was North and South Korea. But the IOC says, look, we don't want all these cities spending money on bids. We're going to put Brisbane at the front of the queue. And as early as July of this year, Brisbane could get the nod from the IOC to host these games. And as many of your listeners know, normally it's only seven years out where we hear about the games being awarded to some nation or some city. For Sydney 2000, it was 1993. But this is 11 years ahead, uh, which is uh, very, very good. So everyone can get planning. It's going to cost something like $4.5 billion to put these games on, but uh, $2.5 billion of those will come from the IOC. They're expecting around a billion from ticket sales and another billion from sponsorship. So all going well, the games would break even. We're in conversation with the former weekend morning host right here on Money FM 89.3, Jason Dacey, who is currently a journalist at ABC News. Jason, you know, we talk about all these other aspects. We've done the vaccines, you know, the mystery of the con women and the Olympics. Something else that's been in the news, house prices in Australia see the fastest surge in 17 years. Property prices rose 2.1% in the month of February, recording the fastest month-on-month rise in nearly two decades. Yes, uh, Adrian, this is all connected to Australia's uh, strong economy. Early this week, we heard that Australia's GDP figures for the December quarter was a very encouraging uh, 3.1%, which was above the uh, forecast of 2.5%. So that was consecutive quarters of above 3% during a pandemic. And over the course of the year in uh, 2020, Australia's uh, economy dropping only 1.1%. And you compare that to the UK at 9.9% and other big economies around the world. So this is really good for Australia's economy and Australia's house prices. And as you mentioned, uh, we've seen really, really good uh, figures coming out in terms of uh, Australia's house prices, the fastest rise since 2003. We're looking at what happened in February, a 2.1% increase for February. Sydney with a 2.5% increase, Melbourne 2.1%. 
And we're expecting the house prices to, I mean, the experts are saying it will be about 20% increase over the next two years. And just to give you an example of a median house price in Sydney with the Australian and Singapore dollars being about the same, it's 1.06 million for the median price in Sydney. And uh, here I am in, in Brisbane and I can just talk anecdotally about what's happening here. You see the sign, for sale signs going up in the street and just a few days later, it's sold. Uh, so it's a very, very rosy picture. And the reason is that many Australians who are living as expats overseas, and of course, I was one of them when I worked, um, you know, for many different networks around the world, including, of course, Money FM in 2018 and 2019. Many of these expats are coming back home. And that means that they're looking for housing. And with Australia's economic picture being so rosy, that means that, um, you know, house prices are naturally going up. So very, very good for someone who owns property here. Not so good for people trying to buy property because it's expensive and there's limited supply. And I understand that Australia's GDP numbers are out as well and you have some more information on this. Yes, as I was saying earlier, you know, it's just so encouraging how things are going. And we saw, you know, household spending uh, rising by 4.5% over the December quarter. We saw as well, even in Melbourne and Victoria, that uh, household spending was going up 3.2% up on cars. Cars are now getting more and more expensive. And that means that Australia's economy is now back to 85% of where it was before the COVID-induced fall. And can you believe it that Australia is doing so well? And it's all to do with the way the government has responded to coronavirus, just like Singapore has as well, in a very, very efficient and very determined way. And Jason, the last time we spoke, it was just before Chinese New Year. Everyone was getting ready to celebrate the Year of the Ox. And you gave us some anecdotes about your time in Brisbane, particularly with Chinatown. And I understand that you've got some more anecdotes, this time about the Chinatown in the Gold Coast. Yeah, last time I spoke to you about the Chinatowns in Brisbane and I mentioned uh, Fortitude Valley, which was an inner city suburb, and also Sunnybank, which is a, a south side suburb. But if you keep driving south from Brisbane, you can get to a Chinatown on the Gold Coast. And this is in the Southport area. And when I lived in the Gold Coast in the 1990s, this didn't exist. It's really only been developed over the last eight years or so. In 2013, there was a master plan for a Chinatown on the Gold Coast. And the area around Australia Fair at Southport has become a little haven of Asian shops and supermarkets and restaurants. Uh, there's a light rail that connects the likes of uh, Davenport Street and Scarborough Street uh, to Service Paradise and the beaches there at Southport. And there's even street art, 25 pieces of street art as part of this uh, lovely kind of uh, attraction. Uh, and I, I really like the Confucius statue that was actually donated uh, to the Gold Coast from Shandong province a while back. So you just have to pinch yourself sometimes when you are in the Gold Coast in Southport that uh, you're not in Asia because it's it's a wonderful little uh, corner. I always drive down to the Gold Coast for a you know, body surf there at Southport. And on the way back, I always make sure that I drop in and maybe pick up um, you know a few supplies at some of the Asian supermarkets there. So surprising Gold Coast. It's something that uh, we expect with beaches and theme parks but there's also a Chinatown there. And when travel does eventually resume, uh, this is another location for everyone to check out. We've been speaking to Jason Dacey, former host of the Weekend Morning Show, right here on Money FM 89.3, and currently a journalist with ABC News. Jason, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. 
Thank you, Adrian. Thank you to all the Money FM listeners. Let's hope the uh, international borders open before too long. I have to get back to Singapore and visit some of my favorite places there. Exactly. And we look forward to having you back.